You're listening to a bonus mini episode of the Eyes on Conservation podcast, in which I will be sharing some thoughts of mine on the importance of voting for conservation. My Tuesday evenings are usually spent editing podcast interviews in preparation for our Wednesday Eyes on Conservation podcast release. Last night was different, however. I was participating in Idaho's Democratic Caucus. As it turned out, the caucus that was held here in Ada County, where I live, was the largest single caucus in U.S. political history. The line to cast our first ballot and enter the caucus venue was 20 blocks long, over a mile. And although the event was supposed to start at 7 p.m., voters were still filing into the CenturyLink Arena, the caucus location, at 9 p.m. Suffice to say, it was a long night, and I wasn't particularly motivated at the end of the evening to sit down at my computer and finish piecing together a podcast episode for today's release. So instead, you'll get this mini-episode in which I'll present my musings on the importance of voting with conservation issues in mind. Now, here on the podcast, we talk about a wide variety of conservation issues, but in this post, I'm going to talk about only one of those issues, climate change. As I'm sure most of our followers are acutely aware, climate change is a conservation issue that impacts every ecosystem on the planet. It's an issue that will undoubtedly have catastrophic effects on both human communities and wildlife species on every corner of the globe. But is it really possible to have an impact on such a far-reaching global issue like this simply by casting a ballot? I would argue that your vote is actually a far more powerful tool in addressing climate change than any personal reduction in carbon emissions that one could impose upon oneself. This is because of the nature of the climate change issue and the fact that truly dramatic decreases in carbon emissions are needed over a very short period of time if we are to have any real hope of having a positive impact. This fact dramatically changes the approach that must be taken in order to address the climate change issue. If we hope to completely eliminate carbon emissions within the next 15 to 20 years, a top-down approach is required. This is not to say that grassroots activism has no role. These grassroots efforts just need to focus on influencing politics and putting pressure on politicians to take the dramatic action that is needed to avoid catastrophe. This is what the good folks at 350.org have been doing for the past six years or so. Founded by Bill McKibben, the well-known author who has been writing about climate change since the late 1980s, 350.org is focused on using civil civil disobedience to bring attention to the climate issue. This is the group that spearheaded the protests against the Keystone XL pipeline starting back in 2011. Nobody in the Obama administration was questioning the Keystone project before these protests began. It was just assumed that the president would give the final go-ahead for the project until thousands of protesters began to congregate outside the White House. After many months of civil disobedience, the Keystone Pipeline project was put on hold, which was a huge victory for the climate movement. But what if we could elect politicians to office who understand the importance and the urgency of the climate change issue? Well, it just so happens that we currently actually do have a candidate who is running for president who is talking about climate change with a sense of urgency only previously expressed by third-party candidates who in reality had virtually no chance of being elected to office. Bernie Sanders supports a tax on all carbon emissions as well as a ban on fossil fuel extraction from public lands 
as well as a complete ban on fracking for natural gas. He also has pledged to dramatically reduce the influence that the fossil fuel industry currently has over the political system by banning fossil fuel lobbyists from working in the White House. Let's put all of these promises aside for a moment, however. We stand in a moment of time where many climate experts believe that we have already reached a tipping point, a point at which it may be impossible to reverse some of the most catastrophic effects of climate change. Despite this, we have never elected a leader here in the U.S. who is willing to take the very simple step of recognizing the extreme urgency of addressing this issue. Bernie Sanders is the first viable presidential candidate in the history of the United States who talks about climate change with the sense of urgency that is needed to have any kind of positive impact. I don't care if you disagree with Bernie on every single other issue that he stands for. He is on the right side of the one issue that is more important by orders of magnitude than anything else being discussed on the campaign trail right now. So I'm going to ask a few sort of hypothetical questions here. The first one being, do you support the continued existence of coastal communities all across the planet, including many of the world's largest cities? Do you hope to avoid a human-induced mass extinction event? If the answer to these questions is yes, then I think you know who you should be voting for. Many would ask, are you wasting your vote by supporting a candidate such as Bernie Sanders, who is pretty far behind in the delegate race and now faces pretty long odds at actually winning the Democratic nomination? I would argue that there is no such thing as a wasted vote. Even if your candidate doesn't win an election contest, you aren't truly an active participant in the Democratic process if you're voting for the lesser of two evils. Use your vote to send the message that you will only support a candidate who recognizes the need for urgent and dramatic action to prevent the looming global crisis posed by climate change. I thank you for listening to my brief political rant, and I hope that you'll check out the show notes for this mini episode, which you can find at wildlensinc.org slash vote. And be sure to tune in next week for a brand new episode of the Eyes on Conservation podcast.